she'll turn on the camera in a second. Okay. Tell me when to go. Oh shoot! Okay, <laughs> I need to like, don't don't look. I don't want to tuck it in. <clears throat> I thought I had it tucked in, but Having a conversation, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't see a red light. There we go. Good morning, church. Thank you all for joining us online. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. I've got a special guest that uh, is going to bring a message today. This is my uh, nephew, Jason. A few weeks ago, he spoke at our men's group here at the church, did an awesome job, and his message touched my heart. So I asked him if he would be willing to come in and uh, do a service for us, and uh, he was willing. And I just pray that it will touch your heart just like it has touched mine. But this is uh, uh, my nephew, Jason. He's going to take it from here. Thank you, sir. Good morning, Victory Church. I am very thankful for this opportunity. I'm thankful for the pastor and his wife for allowing me to do this. Today, I'm going to be talk talking about what are your whys. And what I mean by, by your whys are, why do we do what we do? Now, not only am I going to talk, talk about our whys, but I'm going to talk about the importance of making sure we have our whys where they need to be and what we can expect when we have our whys where they need to be. I am going to reference two scriptures during my talk here, and they are Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. And if you would please read them along with me. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Would you please bow your heads with me as I pray over the word? Lord Jesus, I thank you for the word that you've given us. I pray that you will bless the words that of the scriptures I just read. I pray that you, your Holy Spirit will come down upon me, that I will speak your, your word with truth and with grace, Lord God. I thank you for this opportunity, and I ask for there to be less of me and more of you throughout this. I praise you, and I thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I have a question for you. How many of you have ever started something new? Was it a diet? 
Was it a workout program? Was it a hobby? Think about what you have started new. Now think about why you started that. When I spoke to the men's group, I asked the men, why did you start what you started? I heard a, a wide range of reasons. I heard um, the one gentleman said he started going to the gym because the doctor said he needed to. Then I just asked Austin point blank. I said, Austin, why do you work out? And he told me, he said, it's because I want to push myself to the limits and see what I'm capable of. And the reason why I asked him was because, I have to be honest, I'm impressed by muscular people. And I was pretty, I'm pretty impressed by his muscles. That's why I asked that. And when he said that, I related to that, actually. Because recently, actually not, actually about five months ago, June 5th to be exact, I discovered a company. I discovered a company called Go Ruck. And you can see their logo on the um, screen here, and even on my shirt, a little advertising form here. And this company sells rucking equipment. First off, you need to know what rucking is. Rucking is when you put a backpack on, you put weight in the backpack, and you take off walking for miles and miles and miles and miles. So I researched them for about a, probably a month, and the company is owned by a former Green Beret, he employs all special forces and military pe people, and they have events all over the nation. And these events are brutal. The most brutal one is a 48-hour stretch where you average about three hours of sleep, and you get thrown in the ocean, you have to carry 45 pounds on, on your back along with food and anything else you think you'll need, and you get put through horrendous treatment for 48 hours, and on average, 5% of the people finish that. There are plenty of events that no one finishes. No one makes it. But there are very few that finish it. And, that's in, and I'm impressed by stuff like that. So I researched this company, and I felt like I needed to improve my cardio. I, I, I've lifted weights and stuff, but... I, I was getting out of breath quick, and I thought, maybe I need to do something that's not running, that I can do, that I feel comfortable in, that I enjoy. So I made it seem like that was my real reason of getting involved with GORUCK. But to be honest, and in fact, that's kind of what, uh, what I insinuated to my family, that that's why I was doing it. But the reality of it was that really wasn't the truth. Well, it was a half-truth, because I do want to improve my body and my, my, the level of fitness, but the real reason was a whole lot deeper. And this was actually not part of, the, of my script. And in fact, this week, it kind of came in my mind about being honest. If I told you I wanted to be fit, that's a half-truth. And my family does not even know the real truth behind this. The real truth is, and it's, very, it's 
Honestly, it's very difficult for me to even say. But the real truth is, no one knows this, and in fact, no one will even, some won't even believe me. But the real truth is, I'm a very ang angry person. And I'm actually filled with far more anger than what anyone has any idea. My wife doesn't know. My family doesn't know. My best friends have no clue. They see me trying to make people laugh and having fun, but they don't see what really happens inside of my heart. And as I was thinking about, do I say this or not? It was, I felt like, you know what? The people deserve the truth. You don't need to, I don't need to put on this show like, oh, I've got everything together and I just want to do things to be fit. Because really, that's not the truth. Now, my anger, it's not daily, but it, it can be. In fact, in my home, once a month, on average, I would experience an outburst of anger. Now, what I would do is, when I experience it, I feel, feel like I need to experience physical pain. It's the weirdest thing. And in fact, there is science to back up my thoughts because it is a psychological phenomenon. If you experience anger, you need to experience something to balance it out. Well, physical pain is not the best choice, but that's always my go-to. About once a month in my home, I would experience that. I would either punch my kitchen cabinets, my countertops, my doors in the house, or kick my bathtub enclosure. And then what happens is my wife and daughter will hear something bang and they'll be like, well, what's that? And I said, oh, nothing, I just slipped. But the reality of it was that's a lie, and I've lied to them. And I'm, and I'm not telling you this proudly. I'm standing here telling you this, and I'm totally engulfed with shame of this. Because of this. It's horrible. But the real pro but what they don't see, what no one sees, is when I'm in my car by myself. And I experience it a, a lot more. A lot more. Honestly, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, the steering wheel on my, on my car has literally endured, and I mean literally endured, hundreds and hundreds of punches. I get mad and angry. I'll be talking on the phone, something will trigger me, I'll hang up, and I'll literally just pound, pound, pound. And honestly, I'm surprised that my, my wheel is not, my steering wheel is not messed up because it happens so frequently, or it did happen so frequently. So that's really the re reason why I decided to get into this, was the thought of maybe a positive outlet for my ang anger. So... I discovered them, and I thought, you know what, let's go buy me a backpack, and let's buy me boots, and let's buy all the stuff. So I bought a backpack, I bought weights from them, I bought reflectors on a backpack so I could be seen at night, I bought, um, did, did I say boots? If, if I didn't, I bought boots. Um, and I bought um, a carabiner to hold a hat or something on my backpack. I bought t-shirts. I went all in. So what happens is two to three days a week, I go and I get my backpack and I put it on just like this. 
And I have weight in the back. I have these weight plates. But I also have like you know, binoculars and knife back there. All kinds of stuff because I go on some pretty rugged trails and you want to be safe. Not that I know how to use any of it, but they're in there. Uh, so I put this on. This, stern, this is called a sternum strap. I clip it. Honestly, I don't even really even use it anymore, but it sure looks cool. It's like tactical looking, I think. Whatever. Um, tighten it up a little bit. And then you never know what you're going to get into out there, rain or whatever else. So I put my hat on. And this is the look I go with as I go out. And I walk. So I did my, my oh, and I log every mile I do in, in this journal. I have every single time I've gone out and walked. And my first ruck was a half a mile. So I thought, oh boy. So I went a half a mile. It was like, I don't know, like half, like down three blocks and back. And then on my second one, another half mile. Then on my third one, it was big time. One and a half miles. Well, here's what happened. I got home. My back hurt. My legs hurt. My feet hurt. Everything hurt. My shins hurt. And I said, I'm done. I hate this. I've got a lot of, but I got a lot of money in this backpack. These are, this stuff's expensive. But I'm like, I'm done. I don't care how much you got into it. I am done. So, and I was serious because I was hurting. So, I went and I talked to some people about, about it. And I said, oh, man, I tried this thing called rucking. Not for me. Not for me at all. I said, I'm hurting. And they asked me, they, they said, well, why are you doing it? And definitely we're not talking about the anger with them. No one knows. This is my secret. So I said, well, I want to get fit or get in better shape. And they looked at me and said, you will never make it. I'm like, whoa, you don't know me. But the true truth was I, I was done. And they said, you'll never make it. And I said, well, why do you think that? And they said, because you're doing it for yourself. I said, what? They said, you're doing it for yourself. You need to find something beyond you to do this for. So I went home. Thought, well, maybe I'll give it another try. And I started thinking about, um, or I started thinking about what I could do it for. That's not me, not about me. And I walked in my office. In my office, I have a bookshelf. And on top of my bookshelf is what you're going to see right now. So this area to me is a very special area in my, in my home. I have a flag in this case. This flag, it flew over an auxiliary in Florida for about six years. This flag has 48 stars on it. It was before Hawaii and Alaska became part of the Union. And then I have these dog tags, and I have this picture. And not pictured in this um, photo is a challenge coin I, I have. I had a friend give me a challenge coin from the Navy, and it's the Global War on Terrorism. It was the challenge coin that the military gave him. He gave it to me. Um, but these dog tags were replicas of my grandfather's, 
And this picture is actually my grandfather. My grandfather was drafted into the Korean War his senior year of high school. So he was drafted, but he was allowed to graduate before he got shipped off. Now during this time, even in this area, there were lots of people that were draft dodgers. They didn't, they didn't go. They're like, sorry, they either went to Canada, they went somewhere far away, or they, or, or they hid. And my grandfather was not, he was not the fighting type, but he got the call and he went. And he got shipped off. And that, to me, the military is something that is probably the most dearest thing in our country to me. And the thing I love the most about our country is our freedoms and our military, because they are the reason we have them. So he went, so I thought, you know what? He passed away when I was uh, nine years old. I got like maybe four years of good active memories with him. That's it. And I feel like I got shortchanged by it because he was like one of my best friends. So I thought, you know what? I didn't get that much time with him, but you know what? I'm going to honor him by going out and walking these miles. So I thought, that's going to be my why, to honor him. So I took off. My next ruck, another half mile. My next one, this was my biggest one yet. It was two and a half miles. And I'm like, whew, feeling good. Then I did one three miles. That's pretty good. Then I experienced a problem. <laughs> it was in, it was either in July or August, I know. It was one of the wor the hottest days that we've had. So what I did was, I took, excuse me, I drank a little bit of Gatorade before before I left, but I didn't take any fluids with me or nothing. It was so hot that day, <clears throat> and I took off, <coughs> excuse me, and I started walking. Well, I got to about the halfway point of my ruck, and it hit. I was drenched in sweat, my shins hurt, my feet hurt, what else hurt? My back hurt, my pride hurt, everything hurt. But, there's number one, but the number one rule is you never, ever, ever, ever call your wife to come get you when you're going out on a ruck. You, you just don't do it. That's man code number one. But it's really not my wife that I'm scared of. It's actually my daughter, because we have this thing in our house. If she thinks that I'm doing something that I'm not showing toughness, she'll look at me and go, hmm, guess you're not so tough after all. And I don't need to hear that. But I do it to her too. She likes to wrestle. She likes to punch me and kick me. And then I'll tell her, huh, that was okay for a girl. And when I say that, a switch goes off, and she kicks the snot out of me, honestly. So there's no way I'm calling them for help. So... As I'm standing there, and I can take you to the spot today. If you know anything about Mattoon, it's on Western Avenue across from Riddle Elementary School. I was standing there like this. It was a real nasty sight. Sweat was dripping. And then as I was standing there, something went off in my mind. Or a thought came into my mind. And I was standing there. And the thought said... The greatest ruck in the history of this world. 
was not you carrying your little backpack or even the military carrying their backpack. The greatest ruck in the history of this world occurred over 2,000 years ago. And it wasn't a backpack that was being carried. It was a cross. And I went back and I looked up um, how far Christ carried the rock, or the rock, the cross. And it's generally agreed upon that he carried it about a little over nine-tenths of a mile. So just under a mile. I had about, about a mile and a half to get home. And when I had that thought... Well, a, a lot happened, but the first thing that happened was emotion. Because I started crying and sweating. I couldn't tell the tears from the sweat in the ground, but I started started doing all, all of that. And then I and Christ did not come off a good night's sleep like I did. He wasn't asleep in a bed the night, the night before he carried the cross. He was on a knelt over a piece of wood or rock being beat with um, the cat of nine's tails. And if you know anything about them, they are, it's like nine tails, and they're filled with glass. So every time they hit, they yank skin out of your flesh. So, rip, 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 rip. He had that done, and then he had a crown, crown of thorns put on his head as well. I don't know if you've ever felt thorns, they're horrible. Even little rosebush thorns are awful. And these were not rosebush thorns. So he had that. And basically, when he carried the cross, it was like a piece of hamburger walking. And he went almost a mile with that heavy cross. And the cross was not a pretty cross like we have in our church. It was a raw, splintery tree. So I thought, oh my gosh, that's God did that, or Christ did that, so I need to get my rear end in gear. So I, t- I took off, and I'm going, Oh, Lord, I'm sorry, please, I'm sorry you did that. And I'm whining about my shins and all this stuff. But I made it home. But I'm like, whew. And I didn't tell anybody about my experience. And I'm like, I'll keep this to myself for a while. So I had to rehydrate and give myself back to feeling better. And then I... um did, and then I thought, well, my why was Christ, and I made it. But now what? I mean, what do you do now? So, I have probably sat in church longer than some people have been alive, for sure, and I can tell you, I know every little catchphrase there is. Like, you know, Name it, claim it. Um, I don't know, I can't even think of any of it right now. Yeah, I'm like, there's so many out there. And I've probably said them before, honestly, but the reality of it was they were just outward sayings. It wasn't in my heart. So this time had to be different. I had to figure out, what does it mean to make Christ my why? What do I have to do to, to make it real? So... As I'm sitting there, a word comes in my head, and it's enlist. Well, let's think about the word enlist. When you enlist in the military, you sign up for it. 
when you sign up for the military, you go through training. You go through boot camps. You go through um, Navy SEALs have BUDS. You go through the selection for special forces. You go through various intense training. So I made a, um, I made a decision that, that day to enlist. Not into the United States military, but into God's army. So I, I decided that day I'm going to enlist in his ar- army. So I enlisted in his army, but then it's still like, well, now what? I mean, now what do you do? Well, then I thought, you know what? The military, if you go into war, they don't throw on some gym shorts and a t-shirt and go out there and walk out there and start fighting. Not at all. The United States is probably one of the most technologically advanced militaries in the entire world. Actually, it is. The, um, I have a friend that, um, who commanded tanks in Iraq, and he was telling me the technology on these tanks. Them tanks, literally, you shoot at them, somehow they know where the shot came from, and they fire on their own. I mean, that's the kind of equipment that our military has. But they have to suit up in their, um, in their outfits. They have to get their weaponry. And they have, then they go out. So I thought, well, I know there's a scripture somewhere in the Bible that talks about the armor of God. And that goes back to chapter 6, verses first 11 or 12, I forget. But, um, and that I, I just read, it said, put on the full armor of God. So then I thought, man, I need to go look up armor of God. So I found this graphic online. Now, if you just type in a search that says, put on the armor of God, go find this graphic. Because it explains the, it explains things so well. And if you look on here, we have, there's various parts to our armor, to the armor of God. There's the helmet of salvation. Well, it protects your mind. The enemy wants us to doubt God and our salvation. And our mind is the, Outside of Jesus Christ, our mind is the most powerful force on earth. And I don't care what anybody says, that is a fact. It controls everything. I literally some days, and I'm not, exa- I'm not exaggerating, live second by second. Because my mind, I have thoughts coming in trying to make me think ill of somebody or make me doubt myself or whatever. So the helmet of salvation is the number one, number one piece of um, armor that we need to put on. So our salvation comes when we ask Christ into our heart. So when you ask Christ into your heart, that's that helmet. You're strapping it on. Next, we have a um, shield of faith. Well, we Kind of have to have faith to make it in life. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, without out faith, we're nothing. We have to have a shield. I'm not going to go over all of the pieces of the armor, but um, we also have the sword of the Spirit. Now, the sword of the Spirit is, our, is the Word of God. So we have to know it. And I'm going to plagiarize someone's words for just a minute here. But I'm going to give credit to the author of these words. And the pastor is the author of these words. 
when I was speaking to the men, he said, you know, as I'm looking at these, um, this armor, the only offensive weapon we have is the Bible or the sword. That's like, I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Why didn't I think of that? Um, but it's true. Do you notice like all of our um, equipment outside of the sword is defense? Why is it defense? Because the enemy is out there coming at us from every direction he can. And we have got to have a good defense. In football, defense wins championships is what they say. And offense sells tickets. So I like to win championships. So our defense is super important. I'm going to challenge you um, to go home, or not go, go home, but do a study on what the armor of God is all, all about. And do, do your own research on, on it. I just touched on a few pieces. But go out and try to um, learn as much as you can about it. So now, our wise, our God, that's why we're doing things. We enlist in God's army. We put our armor on. Now what can we expect from this? Or what, what will we benefit from this? Well, as I was thinking about this, I thought about myself because that's who I know best. And two things, or not two things, yeah, two consequences that I have experienced from this are, number one, a better perspective. Now, I'm going to tell myself again, this was not meant to be a time when I just tell all my dirty laundry, but you're getting some of it. So, um, when you go on these rucks in my town of Mattoon, what happens is you encounter a lot of people. Or you see a lot of people. Now, I feel comfortable saying that Mattoon probably has a bit of a drug problem. And meth is the thing, I would say. is probably the biggest one. That's what you see all the arrests for drugs in our town. So, and I don't know what you know about that drug, but it does some weird stuff to people. And it changes the way they look. It changes the way they talk. It deforms them. It wrecks their life, to be honest. So what happens is, I'm walking along a lot of times, and you encounter some of these people. And if you've been around long enough, you know the signs of it. You know what they look like, and stuff like that. And I know some of them are, I know some of these people I see are on it. So what happens is, I'm walking, and this is what I do. I go, I put my head down, and I walk. Keep on walking. Don't make eye contact. That's, the, that's what I think. Well, that changes when you've um, enlisted in God's army and your why is God and you put on the full armor of God. And I, this is what happened the last time I encountered this. Well, okay, so there are two people I, I encountered. One was definitely had something in their system and she just started walking next to me barefoot in the middle of the road and just talk, 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 talk. And I was nice and kind. And then she said, well, I got to go. And I hate to say this, but I was like, phew. But um, so she went her way. But then I was walking down the street farther along 
And I saw this young lady walking towards me, and she had a, I mean, a big rip in her jeans, like that big. And what was my first thought to do? Put my head down and walk. And I did that for a while. But then I thought, whoa, what are you doing? You've enlisted in God's army. You've put on the um, armor. And that's what you're thinking about doing? That's crazy. So I thought, okay. So I lifted my head up. And I made eye contact. And I said, hello. How are you? She said, okay. And she took off walking. With, I think she had a dog. So she took off her own way. And when I, um, as I uh, kept walking, I had a thought that came to my mind. And the thought was, you, you may have just saved that person's life. And I'm thinking, okay, saying hi to someone, I don't know how many lives that's changed. But the next thought I had said, what if... She was strong, so strung out on drugs that she said, she just, in a whim, said, God, if someone doesn't say hi to me, I'm killing myself tonight. What if that, was, what if that really happened? And I don't believe that's out of the realm of possibilities either. What if just saying hi to someone changed their life or saved it? So that's a perspective change. And I know every day we encounter people. And we have a choice. You can either be kind and welcoming, or you can be rude and not speak. It's your choice. But I will promise you that if you um, enlist, get your wives right, put on the armor, your mind will not think rudeness. Your mind will think serve. That will be one of your primary goals is to serve. One thing I've learned through this, um, I don't know if it's a pandemic or what it is now. I've heard it called so many things. This virus stuff is that um, we have a world that needs to be served. I am telling you, I see it every day. Some people have lost their minds from this. And it's our job as Christ followers and part of God's army to help them and to serve them. And getting your mind right, enlisting in the army of God and putting that armor on, it's going to help you be more sensitive to the Spirit and help you see people like that and not think, oh, you're just a weirdo. You're going to want to get to know them and see what their story is because there's a lot of stories that people that people have. We all have our own stories. So, perspective. And the second thing, I don't know how long I've been talking either, to be honest. It doesn't feel like very long, but maybe it feels a lot longer to you. But, um, but this is actually my closing point. So, I'm not sure how long it's been. But, um, but the second um, consequence of enlisting, putting on God's armor, and And putting God as our why is overcomer, is that we become overcomers. 
So, here's another honest thing, I guess. I am a bit of an overcomer, I feel like. Some may not think I am, but I feel like I am. So, at about the age of four, I think, I began to realize something. <clears throat> I began to realize that I'm a little different. And this is how it went down. I would talk to someone, or someone would talk to me. And they would say, hey, how are you? Well, and how do we talk as four-year-olds? It's like, I don't know, think of baby, like, how are you? I don't know, whatever. However, however four-year-olds talk. They would ask me how I'm doing. And my mind would say, I'm doing well. Or I'm, do I'm good. My mouth would not say what my mind said, though. My mind would say, I'm doing well. But my mouth would say, I'm doing well. Maybe not to that extent, but pretty close at times. Or at least it felt like it. That's when, at that age, I began to realize something's a little different about me that doesn't seem normal. So, that just went on and on and on. That's kind of, I kind of didn't accept it because it kind of made me mad. And I honestly think a lot of my anger issues now stem from that. Because no one knows, I was not about to tell anyone about the hurts that I experienced with this. And I'll never forget this. And I definitely won't tell you the guy's name. But I remember I had a teacher that one day, he asked a question and I answered it. And of course, I felt a little bit nervous. So there was that, eh, eh, eh. and you know what his response was? He said, well, what'd you say? And that day something snapped in me and something made me mad. And when I still think about this guy, I still want to kick his butt. Actually, I probably need to work on my forgiveness in that sense. But um, he did. It was so, something snapped in me that, that, that day, and that day was the first day that I really had a violent outburst at my home. And I remember going, going home, thankfully no, no, no one was home, but I went home and I hit, I hit my bedroom wall. And Now, my hands weren't that big. So what happened was, in the wall, the drywall had about a quarter size dent in it because my cause my hands weren't that big, and actually they still weren't that big. But um, and then after I did that, I thought my next thought was, oh boy, <laughs> I gotta figure out a way to cover cover this up because uh, we don't need anybody uh, coming home to see this at my uh, house. So I did some rearranging of the posters in my house. Went and got me a poster and. Put it up. And that poster stayed in that spot until we moved from that house. But that happened. And then finally I started, then finally I got involved in speech classes. And I went through that. And then people would, people noticed it. Because like, they would be like, oh, well, you know, Moses, he had a little bit of a speech impediment too. I'm like, I don't care what Moses had. I'm me, I'm here, Moses is not here. And I admire Moses. He's like one of the Hall of Famers of the Bible. But I'm like, 
I'm not him. He's not me. I'm dealing with this right now. And that made me mad too. So that went on. And honestly, it's weird. Um, it actually, I, I don't know. I do not talk about this ever in public. It's, well, I talked about it one time to some kids at vacation Bible school. But that's it. This is only probably the, this is definitely the most people I've ever told it to. But I, um, but I went through through this, and it didn't really get much better, honestly. And now, even as an adult, I still, I don't know, like, how much I do it, but I feel like I notice things way more than other people. Because when I was talking about it at my school, I told my co-teachers this, and they go, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, you didn't notice, like, just a minute ago, I, like, paused? And I'm like, no? I'm like, whew, I'm glad. So, and I don't know if I even have now, honestly. Um, I did, it's weird, like, I know every little thing I say, and I can think about every, how I said it. So, <coughs> I remember at the beginning when I started talking, I had a little pause, and that sticks out in my mind right now. That, so, I don't know if I did or not, but... It, it messes with my mind, even still today. I'm like, ugh, you know. But God did work through me. And because I did kind of get my whys a little bit back where they need to be, my why being God, He did help me become an overcomer. And let me tell you, someone that stuttered like I stuttered, no way in heck are you standing up here talking to a camera to millions, I'm sure, of people. I'm, I'm on the World Wide Web now. I'm probably being, they're, they're probably going to translate this in every country now. Maybe. But, uh, no, you sure don't stand up here and talk to people on a camera. You don't talk to people in a church. You just don't do that when you got that problem. Because you don't want to deal with the embarrassment. So, that's something that God has blessed me with by overcoming that. Now, that was my issue. I know everyone else has issues too. I know there are people watching or sitting in the audience that have anger issues, have drug addictions, have pornography addictions, have tons of addictions. And our church does have a Celebrate Recovery. So if you have something, you have a resource in this church. So, but I know everyone is dealing with things. Some people are still dealing with, with a trauma from their childhood. Some people are dealing with an abusive, excuse me, an abusive relationship. We are all dealing with something. But if we get our whys where they need to be, and we enlist in that God's army, we can overcome things, and we can have a changed perspective. Is it easy? No. And one thing God never told us was, He never said, just ask me into your heart, and it's going to be peace forever. No. That is not what He said. But, what He said was, I'll always be with you. And I want you to think, from now on, about the Scripture that I read at the beginning about we fight against, we don't fight people, but we fight um, 
spirits. Because really, that's what we're fighting. Your issue with um, drugs, alcohol, your issue with a family member, whatever, it's not them or that. It's a spiritual battle. And you can overcome it. Do you watch the news? I find it ironic that I'm the one talking about we're fighting against spiritual things because I need the most help with that. When I watch the news, I see things happening that I don't like. And I don't think, oh, that's just a spiritual. That's not them doing it. That's just a spirit. No, I get mad. Whatever. But in reality, it's a spiritual thing. It's not... We're not fighting two political parties. We're not fighting all these races. It's not people. It's Satan's spirit. But if we will focus on our wise and truly enlisting God's army and put on that armor, <coughs> we will overcome. We will not only overcome, but we'll have, we will have a changed perspective. And I don't know what you see in your world's but what I see in my worlds is a dire need for God's people. So please, I am asking you to make a conscious effort to truly enlist in the army and get your wives focused on God and set goals. Do you know um, when I started this rucking thing, I set a goal by October 1st. I wanted to, be, I wanted to have rucked 100 miles. Well, I had to t- take a week off because I, I, had, I had a huge blister that was a bloody mess. It was, it was that big on, on my foot. It was horrible. And I, I didn't know if I was going to make it. Well, last Sunday, I, w- I did a seven and a half mile ruck. That was my longest one yet. And then you know what? Wednesday, that ne- no, not next two Tuesday, I did a 2.6 mile. And I'm, today, as I'm talking to you now, I have 105.4 miles in. That's a goal. That was not. That was horrible. It was hurt. Like something always aches on me from this. To be honest, like right now I have no skin on one heel. My left heel, it's a mess. It hurts. The bottom of my left foot's a mess. My the back of my legs hurt. I don't know why. I need, but I wear leg supports on them. But it don't matter. I'm pressing on, and I'm setting goals. And that's what this is really all about. Set a goal to get your why in line with the cross. And I'm going to close with a prayer. Now, when you go into the military, you say an oath. And the oath paraphrases that you commit or yeah, you commit to defend America and the Constitution of the United States of America. Well, today as I close, I would like to say an oath for God's army if you want to enlist in, in it. So if you, if he, you would please bow your head with me and cl- close your eyes, and in, in your own mind or out, out loud, however you want, if you really want this, if you really want to enlist in God, God's army, please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I open up my heart, my mind, my soul, my being, and I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. And today, I commit to enlisting 
in your army, I commit to working for you. I commit to putting on the full armor of God and making a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer and you believed it in your heart, you are truly in God's army. And when you're in God's army, you have a future of hope. If you read the end of the Bible, it tells us what our hope is. The battle's already won. God's won it. We just have to make it through the end. So if you would, if you would please bow, bow your heads with, with me as I close. And as I close, or before I close, I would like to thank you again for paying attention. I think you're paying attention. You may have been drinking coffee and ch chasing kids, but that's okay. I hope you've paid attention a little bit and learned something. But no, I am very thankful for this opportunity. I'm thankful that I had this. And um, I hope you are all, all well. I hope you're healthy and feeling well. And we are super ready to have everyone back in church again. So if you would please bow your heads with me as we close. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for um, this opportunity. I thank you for giving me words to speak. And I thank you for allowing me to speak them pretty fluently. And I pray that the words spoken will go into the hearts of the people watching. And I pray that you will um, bless them, keep them safe and sound. I pray that you will renew a spirit in them to rise up and be better each day. And I thank you for all of your blessings and all that you've done. And we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for this opportunity. And have a great Sunday.